Lord, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Eugene Peterson wrote a book called The Jesus Way. And in that book, he makes the point right away to say that there is a difference between the means and the end. The ends are the things we think about that we want to get to. The goals, destinations, the purposes, the what of life, the ultimate meaning of it all. And then you also have the means, the way we get to the goal, the way we travel, the language we use, the work we do, the character we develop, the family and friends we form, the how of life. And so on the one hand, you have the ends, which is the what we're trying to get to, and you have the means, which is the how we're going to get there. As Christians, we know the destination is heaven. The goal is salvation. The end is what we are thinking about. Being delivered from sin, death, and the devil. But have we forgotten the way, the means, the path, the journey? Do you understand what this is all about when Jesus says to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Will Thomas understand? Thomas, among the apostles, is the rational thinker. He really would be a goal-oriented, driven person. He's thinking about where this is all going to end up. When Jesus is speaking to him, he wants to have a level head, and he's not about to just jump out of the boat with Peter. Instead, he's going to examine things. When Jesus rose from the dead, Thomas was the skeptical one, asking questions. Unless I see him, touch him, handle him, I will not believe. When Jesus talks about going to heaven in chapter 14 of John, Thomas is the one who has the question. Jesus says to his disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place. Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Jesus talks about the end, the heavenly goal of all of it. And that is where Jesus is headed. So naturally, Thomas is going to be the one to ask the questions Where are you actually headed, and how do we get there? Thomas is thinking about the destination and how he's going to get there because we all want to get to heaven. 
And Jesus shows us in his response that it isn't just about getting from point A to point B, but it's about all the things that happen in between that matter. And so he says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. It was the very same expression of the I am God back in the book of Exodus that was meant to get the Israelites thinking not just about the destination, but about the journey. Israel had to learn the same lesson in Exodus chapter 3 when God appeared to Moses in the burning bush. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. The Lord, the God of your fathers, has appeared to me, saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt, and I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of, the, of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Sounds like a pretty good destination compared to where they currently were. After ten miracles and the Red Sea crossing, the journey began and Israel had this in mind, that God was taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey, a heavenly destination where they would settle under God's blessing and have peace. But how long did it take on that journey before they started complaining? How long before they started grumbling? It wasn't just a little ways past with the Red Sea crossing behind them and Moses singing the song of joy that already they were upset. And three grumblings take place between the Red Sea and the Mount of Sinai. The first grumbling is because the water is bitter. The second grumbling is because there's no bread. And the third grumbling is because there's no water. At first, they were excited. The Lord God had visited them with all these miracles. He was driving out the enemy and bringing them out victorious and rich and headed to a wonderful destination. But they had forgotten about the importance of what was in between, the journey. What we are talking about tonight is not just using the path of church and the Bible and Jesus as just a way to get to heaven, a means to an end, but realizing that the end is the means to the path. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Jesus says three things. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Thomas's question is, how can we get there? If Jesus is going to the heaven, to the Father, the disciples are thinking about how they're going to get to the same place where he is. And yet he says, I am the way. In other words, it's not about getting myself to where Jesus is, which is the end, but Jesus getting us to where I am, the means. That's what I am means in the name of the Lord in the Old Testament. I am is the name of the eternal, unchanging, incomprehensible, mysterious God, but it's also the name of the God who's not far away, but the God of covenant, of promise, the I am God that is present in every moment. This is about his now event, his abiding presence. His, he is present to help in times of trouble. That covenant promise means that he wants to preserve his relationship with you today. Which means it's not just about the destination, the promised land, heaven. The wilderness that they had to travel through was not just a means to get from A to B geographically. The means to get Israel from A to B was about a spiritual journey. Why else would God have allowed them to wander? Why else would God allow them to get hungry? Why would they get thirsty? Why do we hunger? Why do we get thirsty? Why do we wander? Why do we suffer? Why do we have to experience the wilderness? Because the ends is the means for the path. Where Jesus has gone becomes the means for us to travel. The promise of what is coming visits us in the present moment of the journey. I am. Which is why Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God? Believe in me. Jesus is preparing them for the journey of faith. He's not giving them directions to heaven. He's preparing them for a journey one step at a time where they're following him through the trials. Wanting us to realize I am is the God who is all about now and how. God is about what is happening now and how we're going to handle it. Now is Jesus' ministry. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way. This is a metaphor, but it's also reality. It is a path, a road, a route, but it's also how we travel on that path. The way we are, the way we act and talk and think, the way we deal with life. Jesus is the way, and the only way is to then abide in him, now and how. Secondly, Jesus is the truth. Jesus is not just a truth, or something that's true, or something that might be helpful, a hint in the right direction, but he is the truth. The truth of all existence, all philosophy, science, 
history. All experience cannot be properly understood without seeing him in it, especially, above all else, knowing the Father. Knowing who God is cannot be understood if you have not understood Jesus. And he who has seen Jesus has seen the Father. All else is a lie. Just like Israel, who grumbled because they didn't have the right kind of water, because they didn't have enough bread, because they were thirsty, and thought if they could only go back to the gods of Egypt, and they would supply what they need, and they would provide them, and they would fill their bellies. It was a lie. And the Lord had to show them the truth, that he alone is the source of all truth, so that he is the only one that can guide us, that can give us what we need. And thirdly, Jesus is the life. As the life, Jesus is not just someone who is along to help us improve or help us find a better life. He's not just about a future life in heaven, but he is the life now. And that means that we are only truly alive today in him. Everything else, all other living, is an illusion. Making a living. Living the good life. Keeping yourself alive is all an illusion. It's only a deferment, a putting off of death. It's only skin cream and Botox and anti-aging medicine. It's only hiding what is true and distracting us for a while, trying to escape what life really is, Jesus. So when the chief children of Israel complain to Moses and say, why did you bring us out here to die? They simply do not understand what life is. They believe that life has something to do with eating bread and meat and stew and making sure your belly is full and your bank account is growing and your mortgage is paid off and your retirement's taken care of. We call it the good life. Isn't this the life? A vacation package to Tahiti. But we're fooled. The life in its fullest sense is knowing Jesus and receiving his gifts. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So, to go through the way, the journey, is to live through him by looking into the word and seeing him alive and working. To go the way of the cross with him and see him dying and suffering for your sins, to bring peace between you and God and show you the way is going to be okay. To find the truth of sin and salvation that the world doesn't understand of knowing who we truly are and who God truly is and having them meet together in a good way and to live the life, the life which has been given, the life which has been laid down, the life which has been freely offered before the Father and then taken again in the resurrection. So even if Jesus should go to the Father, we discover he never really left us. Instead, he just changes his modes from flesh to spirit. 
he now brings the Father to us, rather than just bringing us to the Father, and he makes his home with us. This is what Thomas had to learn. He had to be convinced of it. He had to see and touch and handle the resurrected Lord Jesus to realize this is all it is, and this is everything. And we need to do the same, to realize the word that we're taking up every Sunday is not just a means to get somewhere, but it is the means of everything. That heaven is not something far off, but heaven has come and visited us, that it's already touching us, that it's already arrived, the kingdom is here. If we could simply just listen and believe it. Let not your hearts be troubled. That is the experience of the Father. The way, the truth, and the life in Jesus Christ. Amen.